thank you for coming tonight. I realize that we are to be responsible for each other. It didn't take any convincing. Some of us, some of us maybe that needed a little convincing. Thankful. Force yourself to be here tonight. God bless you. Turn my monitor down a little bit. Thank you so much. Been monitor starved for so long that I just thought the new kid was a toy. We had cleanup day last Saturday, dirt pit, that we do every year. We clean the highway from all Brett Street through Farm Loop Road. That's why our name is on the roof sign out there. And I just very humbled by the turnout. See the faces on the screen behind me. Good turnout. Didn't last very long, but a lot of extra things done. And I thank you. Bottom of my heart, if you chose, thank you very much for coming. It was it was very humbling, very touching. Appreciate that. Brother Joe has already uh, mentioned that this Sunday, if nothing happens and the governor doesn't change his mind, Brother Rick, we are back to 100% church participation. Woo! We obviously. Yes, yes, yes. I'm going to check my phone before church Sunday morning. Yeah, I can't make no help. Don't want to go there. I know you'll be here. Bring a visitor, would you? I have a pretty good authority that we're going to stir the waters up Sunday morning. And I believe God's going to do great things and just begin a new chapter in Palmer Pentecostal Church Revival. Excited about that. I really am excited. I want to say again, I think I've said a few times during this 10 weeks of complete change. Thank you for your support online or in person or tithe and offering. Thank you so much. It's been humbling, it's been encouraging. And I realize that in many of our to many of our members, church is not just a fad to you. I, I'm grateful. Attending the house of God is not just something you do because there's nothing else to do Sunday morning. Just feed on that. That's the way the church is supposed to be. Church is supposed to be a highlight of your week, praise God. Something that you look forward to. And you, you and I are similar in the fact that when, when the Lord wants to feed us as his sheep, we, we should come hungry. We should come hungry. We should not come saying, well, if he just gets the message just right, I might be interested today. The world's starving us. You hear me? The world is starving us. We come to the house of God ready to be fed. The Lord, the Lord knows that. So thank you again. Looking forward to Sunday morning. Bring a visitor. Tell somebody, tell somebody about the fact that we are welcoming you and your visitor. Now let's be smart though, alright? Let's be smart. If you're sick, stay home. Alright? Hello. I didn't have the degree to tell you that. If you're sick, stay home. If you play a pivotal role in leadership or, or we depend on you for something and make the mechanics of church service happen, just let me know you're not going to be here. That simple so I can find a replacement for you. But we're going to be smart keep things safe, safe for you as well as everybody else. God bless you today. Praise the Lord. If you're going out, I don't know who that is, but 
go ahead and the rest of you I invite you to open your Bibles today. I'm sure most of you have a King James Version, and I'm going to read my text from the contemporary English version. You follow along in whatever translation you may have. Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. And we're going to read verses 25, 26, 27. Again, whatever translation you have, I'm reading from the CEV. The Bible said, keep looking straight ahead without turning aside. Know where you are headed and you will stay on solid ground. Don't make a mistake by turning to the right or to the left. Now, listen to this as I read just this translation again. So if you don't have CEV, don't look at the translation you have. Just listen. Keep looking straight ahead without turning aside. Know where you are headed and you will stay on solid ground. Don't make a mistake by turning to the right or to the left. I'm going to talk for a few minutes tonight simply on this, on this thought, focus. Focus. In the name of Jesus, bless your people, God, tonight. Bless us, Lord, with your presence, with your word. Revelation, inspiration, information, God, and of course, transformation. We give you all the praise, all the glory. Feed us tonight as we gather at the trough, God, wanting your word in our soul. Encourage those that are at home, those that are in their vehicles tonight in the parking lot. We bless the good name of Jesus. Feed us as we try to focus, God, intently on your plan. In the name of Jesus, God bless you. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Focus. Look at somebody and say, just stay focused. Unfortunately, Brother Bryant, in life, most of us are busier than we want to be too often. And in hectic environments, it becomes difficult to focus sometimes. If you have a dangerous job, you're around heavy equipment or motorized equipment, you know how important it is for you to stay focused. If you're in a high-stress environment, maybe your boss is always looking over your shoulder, it's important to stay focused. Brother Kenny's nodding me. Yeah, I It's difficult for me to focus if there's any ambient noise or goings-on around me, especially when Multiple people are talking to me. It's like I'm not getting anything anybody's saying. Too much busyness around me. Can't focus on one specific thing. So I admit to you right away, I'm sure I miss important details. I don't see what I'm supposed to see. I don't hear what I'm supposed to hear. Because there's times I just got to tell myself, you need to focus right now. You need to focus right now on one particular thing. A lot of you are much better than I am at multitasking and focusing on many things. I'm not that good at it, as you know by now. Brother Playo, years ago, Danny Perdue and I were out behind the moose knob, and we were looking for moose, and we were 
going in those alders, you know, out there, the, uh, like in many places, but in this particular corner of the woods, the alders are like that. You're like trying to get through a netted, uh, a fisherman's net that's all tied up. And One of us spotted a cow moose several yards ahead of us in the alders, and we pulled up our binoculars like you do, and we stood still and watched that cow. And it was a couple of minutes before one of us said, look, look to the left about 10 or 12 feet, and there was this calf laying on the ground. We stared at the cow for two or three minutes, and finally one of us realized there was something else in the picture. There was a little calf laying there. And I know you people that think you're hunting guides are going to tell me this doesn't happen, but we stared at that picture for four, five, six, seven minutes, and I said, ah, there's nothing there that we should be interested in. Let's go over here or go over there. And he said, wait a second, Doc, wait a second, Doc. He said, just stare between the cow and the calf as hard as you can into those alders. I said, man, I've been doing that for five, six minutes. He said, look again. And I raised my binoculars up, and I stared, and in between all of that stuff like this, there stood this bull moose, and I could see the red velvet hanging from his antlers. I don't know how long it stood there. All three of them were as still as a rock. And it took us several minutes to realize there's more in our view than what we're looking at and just needed, we just need to focus a little more intensely. That was the issue. I needed to focus with a little extra effort to see everything that I could have seen from the get-go. I wonder how much in life I miss because... I'm not focusing with enough effort. I wonder if it's possible that God is in the midst of things in my life that I don't know he's in the middle of because I can't focus. I can't focus. God is sitting there staring at you, and you don't see him in your focus. Come on, somebody. Jacob said this in Genesis 28, 16. He said, surely the Lord is in this place, but I don't even know it. I don't even know it. And a disgruntled group of Hebrew followers of Moses looked at him one day in Exodus 17 and 7, and they said, is the Lord even among us or not? God had showed himself in mighty miraculous ways, and they said, we're not even sure if God's with us anymore. How often do you skim over a situation? How often do you say, ah, that's not worth my extra effort? And maybe just like that bull moose standing there staring at me, God is looking right at you. But it's so hard to focus because I got people talking to me on the left and on the right. I got life talking to me from here and there. I got people's problems weighing me down and my own plans burdening me over here. And God, and God is saying, hey, would you focus on the only thing that matters in your life? So there are three things I offer you tonight, not because it's sermon-filling material, but 
because I have been putting this into practice in my life for some time. You don't have to listen. You don't even have to care. But I think if you're a praying person, whether you're alone when you pray or in a group when you pray, if you're a praying man, if you're a praying sister, if you still believe in the power of prayer, that you don't have to be eloquent when you pray, you can just say, God, I need help. Brother Mike Carlson, I'd rather know one person that knows how to pray than a thousand people that just, they're just professional in their appearance. Give me one praying brother. Give me one praying sister. Give me somebody that knows how to be real with God. And those things that I'm going to at least throw your direction tonight have to do with me focusing more on the things I need to. Focus. And it's simple enough because I, I simply pray for three things. God, would you help me? Help me focus on number one, the presence of God. Let me, let me just build that thought up for a moment. Maybe it's not this way with you. But with me, with Ron Herring, I often forget that what I'm doing in my life, no matter where I'm going, what's going on in my heart or in my family, in my finances or in my health, I need to be reminded that God is always with me. I don't think about that. I really don't think about that. I'm, that's why I pray, God, would you remind me to focus on the fact that you are always in my company? Would you remind me of that, God, when I'm, when I'm just too embarrassed to tell the guy that's giving me a dirty joke, I really don't care about this. This is not in my line or up my avenue. I, I don't want to be the stick in the mud, but listen, God, remind me whether things are going well or not going well, would you remind me, Lord, that you are always in my company? See, Brother DJ, I need God to remind me about that because I lose focus. How many of you look back on things in life, whatever it might have been, and realize that after you got through it, there was more of God in the middle of that thing than you gave it credit for when you were in the middle of it. Because sometimes you're like me, we just can't focus on the thing that is staring us right in the face. Like people. How many people do we just blow off or discard as, as unimportant or meaningless because they're not pretty? They're not influential, they're not educated, they're not even Pentecostal, so they shouldn't matter, right? Unfortunately, there are people, Brother Carlos, in church that think that way. Well, they don't say that, but they don't have to say that. You know, the Bible says that you and I, at times, may even entertain angels completely unaware. <laughs> Hebrews 13, 2. Completely unaware. 
God, help me to focus on the fact that your presence is always with me. I don't always remember that, Brother Lance. I don't always think about that. It was going out to the cabin, the bear bait yesterday, and around in one of the corners there on the trail, Brother Mike and my wheeler, and there's this big piece of equipment coming down the trail going out. So obviously I yielded the trail to this equipment, and and I saw the gentleman, and I don't remember ever meeting him in my life. If he's watching tonight, apologize. I'm just being real. But I nodded and grinned and kind of waved, and, and he tracked his way up to right beside me, and I'm sitting on the wheeler, and he turns the equipment off, and I just start to turn. He goes, Pastor Herring! Just like with that much exuberance. I said, yes, sir. And he, he tells me his name. He says, I was in church about a month ago with Brother Larry. And I'm just feeling about this tall. And Brother Playo, for 10 minutes, he talked to me, respectful, kind, made eye contact with me the whole time. Love people that make eye contact with you. Genuine, not flippant and phony, and I don't have time because I don't need you right now. Brother, brother, never forget that sometimes God's presence is in people as well as situations in your life. Sometimes God is in that human that we don't give credit to being there. Brother Rick, you've mentioned a few times in the last couple of months, sometimes God uses Pharaoh and not Joseph. Sometimes God gives the dream of what he's about to do to outsiders. We get to thinking we're the most important people in the world. God says, really? God, help me to focus on the fact that you are always with me. I'm beating the dead horse here, but I I'm just trying to make a simple point plain. There's a story in 1 Kings 19. And the Bible tells about a man named Elijah who just finished a 40-day fast. Don't show me your hand if you've done a 40-day fast. Everybody else that hasn't done a 40-day fast, don't know. I'm just kidding. People say, ah, that fasting, nothing, there's nothing to it. Mm -hmm. Talk to me after five days, 15 days, 25 days, 35 days. It's amazing how humble we become the farther we go in a fast, the less combative we are. 40-day fast! And he didn't have no blender to blend up steak and say, it's a drink, I'm not... 40-day fast, his emotions get the best of him. And Elisha flees for his life to Mount Horeb, the Mount of God, the Bible calls it. And he finds a cave, Brother Ken, to hide in. And in the middle of the cave, the Bible said a voice comes to Elijah and said, what are you doing here? Hey, no matter where you think you are going to flee from the presence of God, help us to focus that, God, I can't run fast enough, far enough, away enough to be out of your presence. Anyway, in this cave, God speaks to Elijah and says, what do you think you're doing here? 
Elijah says, I'm the only one standing anymore, God. They kill your prophets, smote down your altars. Now I'm the only one left, and they're after me now. And God says, well, go home and have a cup of soup, and everything will be all right. No, God says, Elijah, get out and stand on the mountain. Get out of the cave and stand on the mountain. Get out of the hole and stand on the mountainside. Check this out. And in 1 Kings 19, Elijah leaves the cave, gets on the mountain, and the Bible said that the Lord passes by Elijah. And when God passes by Elijah, there's a violent windstorm. And then there's a violent earthquake. And then there's a fiery demonstration. And the Bible said God was not in the storm, God was not in the earthquake, and God was not in the fire. That'd have been me out of thought. Woo! Let me tell you what God showed me today. But God wasn't in any of that visible demonstration. I wonder if we make God or we want to make God be in only the obvious of life. And the Bible said after all three of those visible demonstrations of just matter, God said there was a still, soft voice that came to Elijah and said, what are you doing here? So I ask you, is God only in the obvious? Why would we say, God, you have to be only in my conscience? Only in my hidden thoughts. I think if that's the case, it's because we don't know how to focus on the fact that every day, every breath, every step, every conversation, every thought you have, every person you look at with your eyes, every slanted intention you possess, every time you male look at someone you're not supposed to look at, Every time you female look at something you're not supposed to look at. God said, hey. And so I often pray this, Brother Brad. Lord, help me focus on your presence. Don't ever let me forget that when I'm about to go in that door, hey, God's right there. Sounds too simple to be useful, huh? God, help me aware of your presence in my life. I don't need a feeling. I don't need, uh, you know, hair on the back of my neck to stand up. I don't need some light, you know, altering experience. I just need you to remind me, stay focused on the fact that you are with me. Might help me make a better decision here and there. Might help me make better choices here and there. And the second thing, Brother Joseph, I pray is, God, help me to stay focused on your promises. Because this is so important. I need to be constantly reminded of God's promises because his promises are greater than my situation. I need God to remind me, stay focused on his promises because his promises are greater than my situation. You don't know what I'm going through, Pastor Herring. It doesn't matter. His promises are greater than your situation. God, help me to focus on your promises. 
your promises. And you know what his promises say? All things work together for good. All things work together for good. Not even going to tell you if they're here tonight or if they're online tonight. Someone that plays a pretty prominent role in the church said to me on one of those days when church was kind of, oh, forgive me, Lord, but church was just kind of lifeless that day, Brother Scott. According to the outward perception, it was kind of, as preachers would say, had dead church today. Not much life. Couldn't, couldn't generate any fire. Might have been preacher's fault. Might have been sheep's fault. Might have been nobody's fault. Maybe, as my uncle used to tell me, sometimes God does things when you're not thinking he's doing things. And sometimes when everybody's running the aisle and you think, ooh, we're having church tonight. Maybe God isn't even in the middle of that. Maybe we're just used to being Pentecostal, and that's what we do. Well, anyway, someone said to me on one of those days where church just wasn't in the clouds. It was just, it was just there. And they judged it to be meaningless because, whatever, they didn't get a feeling. And this prominent person who's still a member here, I love you, I love you, hallelujah, said to me, maybe we made a mistake moving over from that sanctuary to this one. We seem to have so much more life over there. I said, run that by me again. Go tell that to Stacy Hull, who's put thousands of hours into this building. Go tell that to, go tell that to people who got money out of their own pockets and put it in the offering plate. So there could be seats and pulpits and sound equipment. And I told this male, I'll give you that much, later on, don't you ever forget this scripture, that all things, all things, all things, all things, all things, all things work together for good. So if you think we made a mistake, guess what? You need to focus on the promises of God and not your situation. Because all things work together for good. Again, someone said, you don't know what I'm going through, Pastor Herring. I'm just going to tell you, whatever it is, all things. All things, all things. Brother Trace, his promises say you are more than a conqueror. Brother Rick, situations say this or that, but his promises say you are an overcomer. Sister McKenzie, your life might be upside down the way you analyze it, but all things work together for good to those who love the Lord. All things. So I pray, God, let me focus on the fact that you're always with me. And God, let me focus on the fact that your promises are greater than my situation. And number three, pray it constantly, Brother Brad. God, help me focus on how good you've been to me. I don't even need to ask anything or anyone, any outside sources to remind me 
how tough life is on certain days. Brother, I'm good at just generating those thoughts on my own. Sometimes, Sister Christian, oh, I'm bombarded by negative. Not you, but just it's self-generated. Someone said, and I don't, don't you take me wrong because I take it very serious no matter what you ask me to pray about. Well, most things you ask me to pray about. When someone says, pray for me, I'm depressed. Look, I take it very serious. But I, every time they say that, I want to say, ooh, how much time do you have? Can I, can I talk to you for a while? That's what I want to say, Brother Mike. I don't say that. That's not what good shepherds do. I honestly care when you're depressed. I honestly care. But everybody's bearing pressure. Everybody's under a load. It's called life. And a lot of life isn't fair. But God, I want, I'm asking you, when I pray, help me never, ever lose focus like that bull moose that was the whole time looking at me and I didn't know it. Help me realize, if I focus, God, you are always right in plain sight. And if I focus enough, God, I know that your promises are always greater than what I'm going through. And thirdly, and thirdly, help me, God, focus on the fact that you've been good to me today. I may have got a bill I was not expecting, but I want to stay focused on the fact that you've been good to me today. I could have been in the hospital. You've been good to me. I, I could have been in the grave. You've been good to me. I could have had an incurable disease. You've been good to me. I, worse than any of that, I could have been lost today. I could have been without God today. Thank you, Lord, being good to me. But, Brother Playo, it's so easy for me to forget how good God has been because I don't focus. It isn't your fault if I forget. It's not her fault if I forget. It's because sometimes I just have trouble focusing. And I need to remind myself. I pray, God, remind me. Help me to help me a scripture to, that I've memorized and maybe quoted a thousand times before. Help me to remember that just when I need to. Like Romans 12, 21, when Paul says, Don't be overcome with evil, but you. That's the, that's the direction of the scripture. Overcome evil with good. Brother, that's a powerful word right there. Don't let evil overwhelm you, but you overcome it with good. So, here's my summary. This is what I pray and what it's worth. I invite you to do the same. Lord, help me focus on your presence, on your promises, and on your goodness. Seriously, when I weigh the good against the bad, when I weigh the trials against the times of rejoicing, the blessing against the opposite, and when I really come to my right mind, Brother Lance, and I finally and the binoculars aren't fogged up, and I'm seeing clearly. 
like Danny Perdue said, he said, no, 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 no. Look, stare between the cow and the calf. Stare hard into those olives. My gosh, I've been here five minutes. My eyeballs are falling out of my head. And I said, are you? Look at that. That's what that represents to me. That represents the presence of God, the goodness of God, the promises of God. Someone said, I don't feel like God's with me today. Well, they need to focus. Clear out your eyes. Clean off your glasses. Focus. Pray it with me. God, I, I need you to help me focus on your presence, on your promises, and on your goodness. I I'm tired, God, of, of, of getting all unclear and foggy because of things. Hey, 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 hey. Just want to focus, God. I just want to focus, Lord. Hey, Lord. Praying for you folks at home. Please, please, come Sunday morning. You are invited. You are expected. Bring a visitor. God bless you. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Who wants to come pray? Who will come and pray today? I have got nothing to pray about, Pastor Harry. Why don't you come praying? God, remind me. Remind me that you're still with me today. I may not feel you, but remind me. Remind me that your promises are greater. Your promises are greater. Promises are greater than my situation. Oh God, don't let